0: Oh, Lord. Okey-dokey, Smokey Pokey. This next song is my wedding song.
1: Hello, hello, <laughs> and welcome to a special episode of um, Pivotal Film. We um, did our A Block where we talked about, you know, uh, new movies that we had seen. Um,
0: we, we talked about four movies this week. We so. did,
1: but our Crucifixion of A Star Is Born ran what you will a little extra long, soon. Um, and we talked about Star Is Born, and we talked about Ethan Hawke's movie um, Blaze. And we feel
0: like that these two. I, I unfortunately was not able to see Blaze. But we felt that these two movies kind of exist in the same universe, and this exists in the same kind of conversation. They should be discussed together.
1: Yeah, so we um, we broke them up um, so we don't have like a four-hour, uh, you know, main episode this week with our list. Um,
0: but yeah, so we're gonna get right into our discussion first about, unfortunately, A Star Is Born.
1: Berk, berk, berk. I suppose the elephant in the room is uh a Star is born. Written sort of by Bradley Cooper and two other guys. Um directed by Bradley Cooper, starring Bradley Cooper. Um You can tell we love this movie. To get that elephant as in the room. Jackson Maine. He is a rock and roll singer songwriter who's apparently super famous loves gin. Um, loves gin and steroid painkillers or something? Yeah, loves
0: stopping his car outside of uh, billboards with nooses on it.
1: Lady Gaga plays Allie, and she is a uh, singer-songwriter who Jackson discovers at a drag bar one night when he's trying to get drunk after a show, and um, he sees some potential in her, and he... uh he sees some potential in her? He, like...
0: It's Instantly enamored by it, yeah. which I'm able
1: to buy, but and um, I, d- I don't, but that's we can have the conversation. Um,
0: if with all the faults in this movie, that's the one thing I was, I'd be willing to accept.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't I, I feel like I should continue, but I'll stop. I think it's bullshit that they decided to use Levy and Rose to like in this part when Marion Cotillard just won a fucking Oscar mm. for singing this song. Yeah, yeah, no, know. I was, I like, was bothered what, by that, too. What are we doing? Like, did, do these movies not exist in the universe? Like, and she didn't do a good job. <laughs> she didn't do a good job. Like, she did an okay job with it. Well, I, I guess if, every, if everyone in France sings out of the back of their throat, you know, when they sing, then, yeah, she did an awesome job. Um, needless to say, a star is born, and she ends up singing a song that she wrote or that she sang to Jackson in a parking lot after she punched out a cop for For no reason. every reason. Um, That makes sense. And she becomes a viral sensation on that, and and, and Jackson, you know, falls for her and drags her along, and they write some songs together, and she becomes um, the star of the movie. Um, And then as she's rising in... Pop celebrity Jackson is falling deeper into alcoholism and drug abuse, culminating in him peeing himself on stage when Ally wins a Grammy. Um, this movie also stars Sam Elliott as Jackson's brother Bobby and Dave Chappelle as in one to two scenes, a Three scenes. friend Three scenes. who is a musician. I guess based off of the guitars in his house. Um, oh man! I me and Mario saw this today. Yep, we did. Or today, so it's Thursday, so we saw it today. Recording you know, this on Thursday. Yeah,
0: sold out, basically sold out, it's basically
1: theater. sold out. Um I, the theater
0: employees in front of us, not doing their job. Yeah, I actually, on Trump's America.
1: Well, and Venom was playing, and all these people were going to see Venom. They, they didn't. There, there was a. There was. They didn't have to do crowd control for there Venom. Was like.
0: Fifth, there was a class of fifth and fourth graders going to see Venom during a school day. Yeah, what's going were they on? Doing? I don't
1: know. Why are you seeing Venom? It was weird. Um, I went into this movie with semi-high hopes.
0: I went into this movie with very little hopes, having not liked the '76 Christopherson Streisand version and not liking the '30s version. I don't mean high. hopes. I never actually saw the Judy Garland yeah,
1: one. Yeah, I don't mean. High, I didn't see any of those movies. I don't mean high hopes in the sense that like I thought Either it was going to be homework. Good. Time. I meant just high hopes in the sense that I thought it would be okay, and it isn't okay. It's fucking stinks.
0: Yeah. I, after I got out of this movie, um, I texted a really good friend of mine, and I said, you know, we're, "We're talking." I said, "Also, holy fuck, was Stars Born awful? Like laughably, be, laugh, laughably bad, laughably bad." And she responded, "I, you know, I heard it was pretty good. What's wrong with it?" And this was my take. (laughs) An overtly melodramatic script with freshman-level philosophical pontifications. Incredibly boring direction featuring some of the most hallmarked bits of foreshadowing I've ever seen. Characters totally blind to the most obvious of of major plot points. A ludicrous mustache-twirling villain. Poor acting for everyone except Lady Gaga and somewhat Sam Elliott. And worse, despite it being Lady Gaga's movie, Bradley Cooper gives himself the final notes of the ending song. Twisting it to be his story when it's, you know, called a star is born, not an alcoholic country dude's downfall.
1: <laughs> um, That's basically all I need to say. I, what else? Yeah, what else is there to say? This movie is stupid.
0: This movie is. I saw Terrifier this year. We talked about it before.
1: <laughs> I'm glad we're going right to Terrifier.
0: I saw Terrifier this year, and I, I, I was thinking, you know, this, this movie's better than Terrifier. But the fact that I had to think about Terrifier for a bit during this film, and question whether or not I like this less than Terrifier,
1: <laughs> says a lot about it. That's awesome. Um, I mean... There's... We, oh, my we God. We just had this... So we, we, let's, uh, I just want to talk about, like, the, the getting into the movie. I mean, we just had this conversation off... I mean, as... I, I, I
0: do give it... I, I will give credit to the fact that I went into this movie not really looking forward to it. I don't like the movies that preceded it. However, I was willing to give it the
1: benefit of the doubt. Right. I... Yeah, I don't like... Bra- I hate Bradley Cooper as an actor, generally. Um, and a human. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that as a human. Um, <laughs> but I don't... I'm not i am not like a Bradley Cooper guy, but I just... I like music. I'm, I like music movies. Yeah, and I don't
0: mind Lady um, Gaga. I like Lady... I don't no, like her I, music, yeah. but like I think she's a good
1: vocalist. And that's... So, we were talking about Off Air, about, like, the first performance... Like, the first full band performance of Shallows. Um, Shallow. Shallow. That was... That was its moment to get me. And yeah. I was ready for it. And I... So first, I was kind of, I mean, just I, I just want to talk about how, like, ready for this kind of, like, for music performance of, like, really catchy songs. Like, there's parts of, um, remember Sister Act? The Whoopi Goldberg movie where she's in, like, a lounge singing nun? In what city? Reno. Hmm. There's two scenes in that movie that almost always bring me to tears. But I don't remember this movie at all, though. Okay. Good. But I remember these two scenes because it's, you know they're they're singing songs and they're they're excited and like the songs are really good and they're really catchy and the singers are really excellent me and musical numbers like this like just give them to me like I'm ready to have them and it usually will color my opinion of like the rest of the movie shallow almost gets there and then it just pisses away all of its goodwill on nothing yeah and I think on nothing I think so the
0: first 25 minutes of this movie are, are not good.
1: They're just confusing.
0: They're confusing. There's no, like, establishing shots usually, you talked about this, you know, aside to me in the theater. A establishing lot. shots aren't usually necessary in a movie, but this movie gives you no sense of where you are and no sense of what scene you're in quite often. It does a little bit better of a job later on, I guess. Like, to the point, better job in the sense that it really lets you know where you are way too often. i will talk about that. Um, but that like shallow sequence is like oh I can buy into the fact that these two people care about I each get, other. Yeah, and like I was like oh you know having heard the reviews for this movie was like oh okay so it has a rough start and then it steps up.
1: Let's keep doing this.
0: Yeah, because like I watched that and I was like I was kind of moved by that like not moved like terribly moved but I was like okay this kind of like it's got like a little punch to me. Uh-huh. You know? Um, and then it just fucking falls off the rails and like if it, like it's a it's, it was like a train that had gone off the rails out of the gate. Like for some reason, a drunk engineer was like, this train's fine. Let it (laughs) off the rails. And somehow like that train tracks turned and through some serendipity given down by Moloch to to give the audience a sense of, of, of false hope. The the audience, the audience that has seen movies has seen films that have done this story Many times before, with some level of, of competency and some level of intelligence and some level of understanding social appropriateness, goes back on the rails. You're like, oh, so you get a minute of breath just so. And says demonic force can pull you right back off of it because then it just continues back off that trails and gets yeah. further and further until you're left with just a fire.
1: Well, I'm, in the let's, end. let's oh kick, man, let's, this movie. Let's kick off a deep stuff. dive into like the you know the aesthetics of this movie and you know some of the narrative problems aesthetics? by me saying pointing out to Bradley Cooper if he's listening that there is a different. I doubt he's going to take my suggestion because he's a big the Hollywood director now
0: (laughs) because he's got Clint Eastwood to tell him how to direct there is a
1: big difference between earnestness and authenticity and just because you're really serious about something doesn't mean it's authentic and this movie is obsessed with authenticity which is ironic because it's the least authentic movie about anything I've seen in a really long time
0: yeah, it is Spo- just... spoilers. It's this is the only movie uh, I think in, that I know of. A Star Is Born where the you know the, the main the main character kills himself. I think I know in the original it's an accident, kind of like hazy whether or not it's an accident or mm-hmm. not. Definitely an accident, basically an accident, a self-proclaimed accident in the Chris Christopherson mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand version. This one's an out-and-outright suicide,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like one of the first shots. Settles on a noose, like three nooses, you know, like on a billboard. And like I turn, I turn, I turn to Tom, and like does it twice. I turn to Tom, is like, oh, he's gonna, that she's gonna hang yeah. himself. Yeah, that's foreshadowing right there. Mm-hmm. And like, there's that's not authentic. It's fucking bullshit. That it's fucking have, it's, just that, it's it's child's hour. It's like I went to a preschool, and and the preschool child was Bradley Cooper, and he told me he made a movie, and I had to watch this movie. Well,
1: so let's just frame this movie by saying it's about um, it's about. Um, it's about music. It's about musicians, which it isn't. Is it? Is it about? No, it's it, about Bradley Cooper. It isn't. But let's just say it is. Um, from the film's perspective, if it's a film about music, from the film's perspective, there is a big difference between the music that Bradley Cooper plays as Jackson Maine and the music that Lady Gaga plays, you know, as as Allie. Um, Jackson Maine plays some really generic, watered down blues rock, and Allie plays some. Lady Gaga songs first, and then she plays a bunch of really watered-down generic pop music.
0: Like third-level Lady Gaga.
1: Yeah. um, Neither of these types of music are authentic, like, upon hearing it. Um, I suppose, in theory, the movie is trying to say that Jackson's music is more authentic because, um, you know...
0: Because he has talent, but he has something to say, as the movie tells
1: us but that's so that's one of the things that I've been I've been really puzzling over the idea of like something to say like your own your authentic you're, you're, you're puzzling
0: over something in the script
1: no that's no but right surprising. but like I'm trying to make sense of the idea of like what they were thinking of because he was like oh, the idea is to have something to say it's not just having something to say it's saying it in a way that people want to hear which is i assume just another way of saying it in a way that makes you popular right Like, like what's I don't, because I don't the know. the con art in and of itself, has never been about saying the thing in the way that people want to hear it, right? That's not the idea of great art, is it? Like, doing it the exact way that people want it, so they, what, feel good about themselves, feel happy, feel like... And I think he means it in a sense of... from from a, a sense of connection. You know, you say the thing that people... So people want to hear it, and so they connect with you. But... He's not saying anything either. I mean, I, does he know that we can hear these songs? I mean, he's saying nothing. He's... At least we get, like, whole alley songs. We don't get one whole Jackson Maine song, just that one acoustic, one-and-a-half-minute acoustic song that he plays about dying, um, which is another terrible bit of foreshadowing. Um, oh, and that and that last song is supposed to be his song, too. Oh, I Believe I Can Fly? What you're going to have to explain that. Yeah, I'm not going to... What is all, But I don't. No, you
0: have to explain the fact of the fact that it's just a ripoff of. Like, oh, it's
1: just a ripoff of. I believe I can fly. And Mario shushed me because I was gonna. I was singing it in the theater. <laughs> uh, um, what song?
0: What song? What's, what the hell's that song called? I will never love again. I think. It's I don't called.
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. May, I guess you won't love again. I don't know. Who cares? Um, I don't. Where is the authenticity in anything that's happening here? I don't understand what he's talking about. So if he's draw if he's trying to draw a distinction between being authentic and being fake, um, where like where is it? Because there is none. And the the other thing I think is bullshit is like a lot of reviewers have kind of pointed out that or tried to point out that this movie kind of is is trying to say like oh pop music is better than than rock music. And one of the shitty things about this movie that I think a lot of people kind of agree on now is that like Allie gets like. Shortchanged a character and a story and integrity. Oh yeah, the and, star. The
0: star of a star yeah. is born doesn't matter
1: in the sense that she Jackson gets to maintain this really high moral character, even though he's a, even though he's a drunk. Musically, he's,
0: he's also he's also a piece of shit. He like, is, I'm sorry. But, like even beyond his like disease, I'm not gonna like blame the alcoholism. Like, he just seems a like human a douchebag. Yeah.
1: dick. But so he but he gets to maintain this musically high moral character where she gets criticized by him her music not her personality her music gets criticized by him for being phony but she stands up for her music. Yeah. So she's this is technically the music that she wants to make which makes it just as authentic as his completely inauthentic music.
0: Like like unfortunately when but both of these we, both of these people I mean I'm okay. I'm I'm not really that okay, but Lady Gaga, I think both of these people are I think both of them are going to get nominated for actor
1: and actress. But that's I mean, we're talking about a travesty at this point now, right? Aren't but,
0: we? You know, the scene that they're going to point to is that that bathtub scene where she's standing up for the
1: I don't think so. I think the shallow scene is going to make is going to be, be the scene. Well, that's
0: going to be the best original song
1: scene. But that'll also be the scene that they're to not so much shit. I know it's so when mad. it's and I don't even I, let's not even focus on that. But no, so it's just, just something that. It's just it it's the fact
0: of like you know people are going to look at that scene as like the authenticity between the two characters, and it's not though because of the fact that she's standing like everything about her character. And, and this is a misgiving on script, and, and fundamentally the problem with this movie, beyond everything else, is this is one of the worst scripts. Oh, it's the Yeah, ever. Like ever in the sense of a, a claimed film, mm-hmm. I should say, um, is the fact that she's always there to defend it, and she has contentions and points to defend it, and everything he's saying is just nonsense. And yeah, and 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 the fact that like Bradley Cooper made the choice to cast himself in this lead role to say like like beyond what he has to say, but you know, a fundamental point is like everyone has talent; they just have talent in something. Bradley Cooper doesn't have talent in singing. He's no. Like that opening scene where he's singing, I turned to you or afterwards. I was like, Was he like it? felt like he was supposed to be bad because he was drunk at first. No, like I think that's it's, why. I, yeah, it's just how But it's supposed to be, to be yeah. he's supposed to be, that's supposed to be a, an example of his talent. Yeah. And so no matter how heavily into the pop that alley lies, she's gonna sound better than anything he does because she, yeah, a... she this is a a world class like basically lady is held up as like one of the better vocalists of like our time hmm. i don't know if i agree with that i don't really know because i just don't know much about yeah. music but um this is comparing apples and oranges and so like everything about this movie like you said just doesn't feel authentic it doesn't
1: well i don't know why she so when we kind of talked about this off air um so Jackson Maine gets to be famous for playing like three times boiled, terrible country rock music. Um, and then she gets famous for doing the same thing. Better than he does. Better than he does. And with more
0: authenticity than
1: he does, right. too. So why can't she stay famous for that same kind of music? Why does she have to devolve... And this is, a, this is a, um, a flaw of the script more than it's a flaw of anything Lady Gaga does or any choices that she's making. Why does she have to devolve into this kind of like pop star caricature? Why can't she stay a star playing this kind of music? And I think that's one of the things that a lot of the reviewers are trying to... One of the cases that a lot of the reviewers are trying to make is that... like. He's trying to Bradley Cooper is trying to draw a distinction between pop music and rock music and the authenticity of each, um, but that's and and that maybe she sold out.
0: Yeah, but I don't. But she doesn't have to sell out, and she's maintained like she that she sold hasn't sold out.
1: out, and she, you know, doesn't go on stage that time with, you know, the dancers. Um, she doesn't go blonde like the the guy asked yeah, her to go blonde. Yeah, she's still like holding. Like she maintains her agency, but they also like the movie. Takes away her agency, but, like, she did, they just kind of give her a couple of things yeah, to just kind of establish but she's But like,
0: she seems like a real human being and that she's compromising constantly. Mm. And I felt like for a while there, the story was going to lean more into, like, his jealousy kind of overtaking him. But it never does. It never leans into the fact that, like, she's an adult. You know, like, sure. her, oh, biggest, yeah. her biggest flaw to me in this is, like, this might be a problematic point to take, is the fact that she stands so by this guy who doesn't offer her much. Like, right. the, that mustache-trolling villain, I, I'm even gonna fucking look up the character's name. The, the British... Yeah, Roz. Yeah. The British um, Who's manager, her agent, yeah. Her um, manager. Yeah, Like, he has that, that really stereotypical evil scene where it's him and Jackson alone, and he says, like, me and you aren't friends, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, you embarrassed her, almost destroyed her career. And, like, yeah, like, you can't say it. Like, should, like this is obviously something a villain's saying, but at the same time... It is like he doesn't. Cooper doesn't take the time to make Jackson feel remorse for that. To feel
1: well, you are true. You're supposed to assume he feels remorse by the fact that he kills himself because of it. Like so, she can have a career. He kills himself.
0: But, but it's another self
1: decision. You know, it's another selfish act he's doing. And that's another weird thing in this movie is that why is he? He doesn't respect her career. So why would he kill himself so she could have a career? I don't know. Because he loves her. That's I what guess. He I'm say,
0: But it doesn't earn any of it. Like like everything in this movie is so unearned. You know, it's just it it tells you it tells you how to feel. And we've had this conversation so many times before. You know, no, I, I don't want to get so much on the pedestal of us being pretentious assholes but we are
1: yeah we're so we're totally pretentious assholes but
0: like little stranger doesn't tell you how to feel you know and nobody saw that you were never really here does not give you anything and, but it, it gives you the pieces but doesn't tell you how to put them together mm. um you know and there's there's the, you know maybe we put them together wrong and but well, like no, we but maybe we did. Sure, sure, okay. sure we'll but, give them another Maybe we did. Sure, but the fact that like they gave us pieces and told us to put it together, it told us didn't tell us how to feel. But like that's that's how art should be to me. Mm-hmm. Like, art, a film shouldn't be telling me how to feel, and then not earning that. If you're gonna tell me how to fucking feel, then fucking you do better the be work. show. Yeah, then got you better do the work. You better not give me like a fucking CGI sky for no reason.
1: Yeah, come on, CGI sky. No, that was terrible. Which I have to
0: relook. I, I do believe there's a shot of a CGI Dark Knight. Which doesn't <laughs> even matter. But like, you also don't like fucking give Sam Elliott, who's a great actor, like kind of an Oscar moment and then continue on the scene to kind of like dehumanize it and like like punctuate it too much and then make me lose all like gravity
1: in the moment but by just making it too long. You also don't like You also don't fuck, sell movie? like music short in the sense that I don't know if you noticed this, and we're gonna talk I'm gonna talk more about this in a second. There's no past in this in this movie. There's no musical past. These people come from nowhere. You actually know where these people t- come from? They come from two places. They come from Sinatra and Willie Nelson. Sinatra over and over and over Paul again. Paul Anka. And Willie Nelson. Oh and Paul Anka. Um, and I guess Dave Chappelle is a musician, and I guess Eddie Griffin's character is supposed to be a musician, I guess. Well and I think But like you would think that a movie about musicians. They would like music, and they would talk about music, and they would they would consume music, but they don't. All they ever do is talk about their vision. Ta- talk about their vision for their like. But what's their vision? Pseudo mean? songs. I don't know. Well, that's. I mean, what does their vision mean? Like, and I would. The, one of the scenes that I'm having like a major problem with, like more so after the fact than anything else, is when Allie goes to visit Jackson in rehab. So Jackson's peed himself at the Grammys. Um, he's embarrassed everybody, blah blah blah. She goes to visit him at the um, at Rehab. Allie's seemed like a straight shooter the whole movie, right? She's kinda of told it like it is. She's not bending to the will of, you know, her impending superstardom. Um she's,
0: she's showing agency against Ra, Roz
1: and, and Jackson
0: she, in multiple points. She
1: goes to visit Jackson in rehab. Wearing like a, a a a top that says O oh, O oh, O oh, O oh, O oh, O oh oh, oh oh all over it, with like just a bra underneath, like all the way open, and you know, like really high heels, and I I guess I suppose what, I suppose that's fine. You know what like, actually that reminded
0: me of though is like when I watched that. I don't know if it did, did this to you too. Lorraine Bracco's character in Goodfellas, someone who had like. Some sort of agency then just fucking loses it all.
1: No, but it's different because when she goes to visit Ray Liotta in prison, she's got a couple of kids with her and she's wearing a big heavy coat that she's sneaking. Why don't we...
0: I just meant like before he goes to prison, but, but like when he's... When
1: like their marriage is first starting, before she's had kids. But she doesn't lose it and I feel like it's one of those things where she's succumbed to like some kind of... She's either succumbed to fame or she hasn't. And if she's like...
0: Succumb to fame, even the thing though, maybe she's just fucking embraced it. That's my problem the But like, she doesn't, I, like, through, I, that's to be the point the whole I'm gonna thing end she on, doesn't, but.
1: but through the whole thing, she doesn't seem like she's embraced it. You know what I mean? She seems like she's kept an appropriate distance from, like, the pitfalls of fame through the whole thing but there's this yeah, even in the end one, she still does right but there's this one instance where she kind of shows up looking like a super famous person to a rehab facility it's like but I thought you were supposed to be grounded you're supposed to be the grounded one and he's supposed to be the one that can't get his fucking head on straight you're a superstar yeah but they've developed your character to be the one with a level head and now I don't know like even when you were at your drag show you were some, wearing something more appropriate you were supposed to be you were performing with drag queens and you were wearing a more appropriate like dress than you were to visit your husband I mean, rehab. in the
0: sense that like Bradley Cooper leans into like the clichés at
1: every opportunity.
0: Oh man. But just like that's the thing nothing is earned in this
1: movie. Nothing is earned and nothing is is followed through with. Nothing is nothing is earned, nothing is established and nothing is followed through. It might my biggest like well okay, not my biggest but
0: there's promise there which makes me mad.
1: Like with who? With Gaga? Or? No,
0: no. Okay, in terms of the film, the, the like some of those side stories are fun. Like the the drivers, like their constant obsession with like Sinatra and like having been a Sinatra, or the drag queens. Like they're they're so like fun. They're such they're such fun characters. Yep. Um, well, there's interest in there, but like it frustrates you when you just keep going back to these people and it's just so boring and so unearned
1: well one so of the things I thought was fascinating was that Matthew Lee Batik did the cinematography for this who is Darren Aronofsky are, are tr- you kidding me really I'm not I kidding you at all
0: I, didn't, I looked up nothing about the um, movie
1: and it's weird when I, when I was watching it I was like oh that Bradley Cooper's face looks really well shot this because all you ever see is anybody's face, ever. Yeah, like, oh, Bradley Cooper's There's face re- looks really it's well really shot, really tight. Like, oh, Lady Gaga's face looks really well shot. Oh, Andrew Dice Clay's face looks really well shot in this scene. But, like, but what's the, <laughs> what's the point of using someone like Matthew Lee Batik to just shoot people's faces? Like, why? Yeah. What are we doing? What are you doing? Are you know, what's to, the shoot, point?
0: to shoot a reflection of a window. Of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And then a the cut onto a, a third character who means nothing in his reaction to their conversation. What?
1: Yeah, that's... So, I
0: don't know. I, I do want to finish on one thing. Um, my biggest problem is this movie. It's... And this is maybe my problem overall with um, the Star is Born stories. It's, it's still so anachronistic in the fact that it's a woman that needs a man and is so reliant on a man still. Mm. And, like, that does nothing to change that. You know, Jackson Maine made Allie. And she leans into that. Like, everything he says about her, most of the things he says about her are supposed to kind of, like, almost ring true. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, kind of thanks him in the end sort of thing. And, and, and the fact that, like, Bradley Cooper has such selfishness and an ego to end the movie on him yeah to have him sing the final notes i mean furry ends it on gaga's face but what the fuck are you doing you know like this is her story and it just undercuts her agency that she's like built so much to do in the yeah. film and then my other big problem is just like they telegraph the scenes of his impending suicide so much and nobody responds to that and that's like we talked about social responsibility but like this is one of those times where i'm like this is yeah it's Dude, just like come fucking on. come on like he starts trying to give away all this stuff you know to to andrew dice clay this character ally's father and then like he makes amends out of nowhere with sam elliott and you know there's a part where he ally finds his like love song to where he says i was hoping you'd find it after and lady gaga who does, he tells- who does really great I, I mean lady gaga her vocal acting, I don't think, is there yet, but her non-vocal acting, like just just her expressions and whatnot, are really good, I think, in this. I like
1: watching her on screen. I think a better she's director a a better really, director
0: is going to pull a really good
1: performance out yeah, of her. Yeah, she's got a really fascinating... And by a better
0: director, I mean a director.
1: Yeah. Because
0: um, Bradley Cooper is no director. She's got a really,
1: like, really fascinating... Go <laughs> fuck yourself, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> she's got a really fascinating screen presence. Um... But yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't deliver all of her lines. She has so much promise.
0: She has a lot of promise. Yeah, but um, but just the fact that like her reaction, her non vocal reaction to that says like, Ever, but nobody, and and the fact that he mentions like trying to kill himself with the 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 um
1: with the belt, with the belt. And the know, therapist know, like, it's just told kind of, it's like a joke. Yeah, the therapist laughs and it, like, and he's like, oh, I was twelve or thirteen. It's like, yeah, that's you shouldn't laugh at that. Like, yeah, that there's should...
0: so many scenes that like Hallmark that this man's suicidal, and it's not presented with any gravity. But let's not and even... like, that's fucking irresponsible.
1: But let's... I mean, we don't even have to... I mean, if someone objects to the idea that we're saying that's socially irresponsible, fine. But it's just... It's narratively irresponsible. If you don't even want to look at the social aspects of it, just look at the movie. Like, it's dumb. No, no, dumb. I, I, I
0: would stand... I would die on this. I would die on this, hill and say that, that, that there is times no, no, sure. where a movie's being socially irresponsible. I am actually... Kind of upset about it. I
1: that. agree with you, but I think even if you don't want to say that, you can't say that it's not being narratively Oh, no, it's too. no, yeah. Because but I think
0: we've eviscerated the narrative of this movie. I don't know, Mario. <laughs> um, don't see a star is born. Don't. I think it's two hours and 30 minutes of your time that it's better spent in every possible way.
1: I was lucky enough this week to see the opposite of a Star is Born. And I, actually, I did
0: not, was able to see this yeah. movie, so I can't talk too much about it.
1: I actually feel a little bad for Bradley Cooper, in the sense that he had to release this movie in the same year that Ethan Hawke's um, Blaze. I don't know who Blaze Foley is. It's actually, it's, it's Blaze Foley. You really should know who Blaze was. Didn't try to fall in love with you <laughs> I think we're born knowing how to love. Do
0: Why do we forget? Ain't
1: keep myself from falling. No I've done man. so many times. So you gonna be a big country star? I saw in you. I don't wanna be a star. I want to be a legend. <laughs> It is the story of blaze foley who was a country musician in the uh late 70s and 80s he died in 1989 of a gunshot wound to the stomach he was at a friend's house and his friend's son came to get a uh a, a disability check from his dad so he could buy drugs and you know blaze decided to to stop him and and got shot and for his efforts um he was 39 i think when he died um the movie stars Ben Dickey as Blaze, um, Alia Shawcat plays Blaze's wife, um, Sybil Rosen, who wrote a book that this um, movie is based off of, that Ethan Hawke and her adapted into this movie. Um, it star- also stars Josh Hamilton from 8th Grade, who's having another, who's having a good year. Um, yeah,
0: right. There's Also, uh, Emily Robinson was in Private Life, so... Yeah, there love, you go.
1: love. Eighth grade today. Well, I think one of the things that's interesting about like m- movies nowadays is you kind of see the same people show up and stuff, yeah. and it's sometimes a really good year. Like Michael Stuhlbarg last year, like it was last year was like Michael Stuhlbarg's year, and you know maybe this year is Josh Hamilton's year, and maybe he doesn't get nominated for anything, but you know well, he's he should, recognized as being. He good. still get nominated for supporting actor. Um, I've seen it. But. Also stars Charlie Sexton, who is a guitar player as this musician, Towns Van Zandt. I mean, Charlie Sexton is not traditionally an actor. Ben Dickey. Who plays Blaze is not an actor. They're musicians who are playing actors. Um, are they in bands or just? Yeah, Joe well, Charlie Sexton's like a guitar. He's like a guitar player, um, okay. Session guy. Ben Dickey is was in a band called Blood Feathers. Um, it was like alt country, but like with you know Beatlesy things. Um, it's my movie of the year by far, so far.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm upset. I wasn't able to see it. I, um, the, the show times today did not work out. Yeah.
1: Um, it is where Star is Born is wholly inauthentic this movie is um, 100% like authentic and I think it's interesting I was listening to an, uh, uh, like a podcast review of a Star is Born and, and they were kind of talking about how it was nice to see um, a movie about musicians um, on like a on a micro level where they were talking about like how the work gets done which is bullshit, because none of that happens in A Star is Born. <laughs> but it all happens in Blaze, where every note of music means something. Um, this is not a person who is famous. He's the opposite of famous. He's playing shitty clubs. He's also a drunk, um, but he plays shitty clubs and bars and wherever. You know, just struggling throughout life, but writing songs that John Prine and Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard um would cover um you know as an opposite to a star is born the music world is infinite in this and just goes and goes and goes and goes and there's always a new musician and there's always other musicians showing up to play with people and you know people have harmonicas and they're playing songs on porches and like there's always there's always an excuse for a song um the movie is framed um in blaze's last two days where he goes to record um an album in a bar in the back of a liquor store um he's he's burned all of his bridges and he's just going to put these songs down he's i think he recorded one official album in his in his in his life um everything else is just kind of pieced together through different sessions um but the movie focuses on the relationship really between Blaze and Sybil um Alia Shaw Cat Sybil and um what art means I think she's an actress and like what art means to them and what, what music means to them and what they mean to each other and how they how they fill each other up and how their presence in each other's lives helps their art to grow even when it like pushes them um away um I don't know it'll come out on VOD soon, and you can see it, and we'll you can talk about it more. But it's um, really like a crushingly beautiful movie, and unlike the songs in A Star Is Born, the songs in Blaze, you know, are fantastic. I mean, he was a he was a fucking songwriter. Um, and there's, uh, you know, I don't want to go forever on this. I when I could. Um, there's two scenes that really stick out in this movie for me is Ethan Hawke really. I mean the movie's circular. I mean I've heard him say that it's a, supposed to be a circular movie in the sense that it's the narrative is just kind of pieced together. It's all done in editing. You know what I mean? They yeah, shot yeah. a lot of footage and then they just stuck some stuff. I mean, there's a scene where you see Blaze starting to write a song at his house, and he lives in um, he lives in a treehouse for a while in the woods of I want to say Tennessee or Arkansas, but in the South. Is it Texas? I don't know, maybe it's-, it's Texas, but I know he's from Arkansas maybe it's texas um where him and sybil are living in this tree house in the woods and they're writing he's writing this song and she's singing along but at the same time it cuts to him singing the same song in the bar in like what what is present you know what is present day in the movie and at one point they're singing together like these two blazes are like singing together um and then sybil is singing too she's singing harmonies like with both of these but she's not and she's out of the picture by the time he records that record. Um, they had been divorced. and um, But they're, he's got... You know, they're singing together and their voices mesh at one point And it creates this kind of tone, which is really great. When, like, two people sing the exact same note. And it kind of has this really, um, you know, crisp buzz. This kind of glorious just, like, hole yeah, yeah. that you create. And it does that. And, he, like... And I'm assuming he had to have meant to do it because it, he did it in editing. They weren't singing simultaneously. Well, it's kind
0: of like the the Panos Cosmodos example in Mandy, where they do oh, the yeah, overlay. Yeah, of Mandy yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but this is just with the voices, and it's and it's it's just fabulous. And there's um that's not that's that so there's three scenes. Um, there's another scene.
0: Pretty soon he's going to see the entire
1: movie. Where yeah, I recorded it on my phone. <laughs> not not the, not the video, just the audio. Um, <laughs> There's another scene where he um, is singing his most... So he's got this song called If Only I Could Fly, or If I Could Only Fly. Um, it's covered by Merle Haggard um, pretty famously. and um, But in the in the movie, you get it where he has come back to Sybil and he's kind of playing her this new song that he wrote. And it's just one shot in this really small Chicago apartment building and she's on a bed, and he's just sitting playing a guitar, Um, and it's just the end of their relationship, and instead of having a conversation about how how this is the end of the relationship, she says, I don't think I'm your muse anymore, and then he thinks, he says, no, you're just getting started, but that's like when when he leaves, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's like the opposite of that. It's like, it's, you know, someone admitting like you're in, like the inspiration is endless, like this is never going to stop, like I'm, whether we're together or not, like you're my muse forever. Um, but it's just like this heartbreaking scene. And then the other great scene, which connects it directly to a star is born, is, um, Blaze Foley's dad is an abusive drunk and he's in this mental hospital. And he goes to visit, uh, he goes to Austin with Sybil and visits him with his sister. And, um, the Foley's, I guess, had like a, a family band that they would go around and, and sing and then the dad would take all the money and drink it and then beat everybody. Um, but the dad is played by Chris Christopherson, um, who doesn't show up, obviously, in A Star is Born, which is hilarious, but he's in this movie and he... Um, well, not in the version we just talked about. He doesn't have to... They don't really give him anything to do. He just kind of... He's supposed to be... You know, He's in a, a, a assisted living facility. He's like... Sh- Doesn't have a lot of mental capacity left. He doesn't recognize Blaze, per se. He just asks everyone for cigarettes. Um, And then Blaze and his sister sing a song to him. And there's just all these shots of Chris Christopherson literally crying. Like, just sitting there as the dad. Just kind of, you know, with tears in his eyes, just watching his two kids that he doesn't recognize, but like sing a song called um Pearly Gates. And I I admit like I opened up too. It's just an unbelievable scene. And it's the thing that this movie is that the other movie isn't, is it's real. You know what I mean? These yeah. are real people with real emotions singing real songs that are really living. Like this is a real story. And a star is born held A Star is Born into, like, an unfortunate relief in the sense that it's never going to be... It's only ever going to be about famous people and about Hollywood and about, like, you know, masturbation, almost. You know what I mean? Where, like, Bradley Cooper is just kind of working on himself for, like, you know, two and a half hours. Where in this movie, like, all ego is stripped away, and they're just telling a story, and they're just singing songs. And there's people are always singing songs in this movie, and they're always telling stories, um, and you don't know what's real and what's like what's scripted and what's not scripted and what's like what they're just doing. Um, but it's a it's an unbelievable film, and uh, you know I'm I'm happy that it actually has been kind of grabbed by some theaters and it's get it's you know got two weeks at Criterion. I think it did a week or so at you know Jacob Burns up in Pleasantville. Um, I really wish it was VOD. I would have been able to see it. And I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will be soon. Hopefully. Um, But as a sucker for music things, you know, as a musician, like this movie was. This is a musician's movie, and A Star Is Born. Is just a famous person movie. It's a People magazine readers movie. Um, I don't know. There's a great. I was reminded you know so our our episodes always close out with um Neutral Milk Hotel ghosts and there's um in the 33 and a third series of books which are like a series of books that focus on one album um someone wrote an, um uh, a book on the Neutral Milk Hotel album Airplane Over the Sea mm-hmm. um and there's an image in that book where uh, i forget who was saying it but they said that when Jeff was writing Jeff Mangum was writing the record he just kind of locked himself away in his house, and they would just see him like kind of. He was just like pacing around his room, playing these songs over and over and over again, like trying to get them perfect, and just like you know, cloistered in in music. He was just existed in these songs, and that image came to me like over and over and over again watching this movie. Is that these people just exist for music? They exist for art, and they exist like for each other. Um, and I think the thing the thing that this movie is also more effectively than A Star is Born is kind of about how myth is made because he's, you know, he's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Like, he was a real guy, but, like, nobody knows who Blaze Foley is. Like, only the people that know. Yeah. But there's a really interesting, um, you know, narrative device where um, Charlie Sexton, again, played, or um, Towns Van Zandt, played by Charlie Sexton, is giving an interview to Ethan Hawke. And he's kind of giving this alternative narrative, like, alternate narrative about what happened even though we can see what really happened he's just kind of telling us um like a good rock and roll version of what happened with yeah. a lot of myth like he dug up this guy's grave to get his guitar and like to get a to get a um, a pawn ticket to you know so he could get his guitar back and you know we wrote this song you know however they wrote it and like you know they did all these and then josh hamilton is another friend of blazes and he's sitting right next to him just kind of being like that's that didn't happen. Yeah, that's not what happened. Um, but he's creating, you know, he's creating a myth. He's creating a a, 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 a narrative around this guy, um, and I think that's you know one of the fa- one of the ways that A Star Is Born fails is that um, like Bradley Cooper doesn't really understand how that works. Myth in A Star Is Born is just based on how famous you are. You're famous. You're super famous. So there's a myth about you, um, but.
0: His dad it's watching the the case. it could have been a myth, but that's something that just actually happened. Apparently. Yeah,
1: um, I don't know. It's it. Uh, it's a real treasure, and I hope people go seek it out when it comes on VOD. Okay, I, sure. I
0: have to see it, and I will let everyone know how I feel about it when I see it.
1: Um, all right, so that's it um, for our special bonus episode. Go check us out on um, Instagram. Instagram
0: dot com slash pivotal film or our twitter at twitter dot com slash film pivotal and oh. because that's the mirror world you'll tell us how much you hated stars born about <laughs> how you knew about blaze for years now you're actually ethan Hawke's barber hurt oh and, i wish uh, i
1: was ethan Hawke's barber um yeah, yeah or he's, or, got, he's got good hair he does have good hair i don't great. want to mess it up maybe i don't want to be as yeah, yeah um yeah or you can send us email at pivotal film podcast uh at gmail.com uh go to pivotal com to see a list of our beers and our Movies on our list, and here are our episode links to our episodes. I do not
0: drink a beer during this episode, I actually drink bourbon. I was drink drinking uh, Wild Turkey 101. There you it's go. Good. That's how you do you it. You gotta let the ice melt. <laughs> Apparently, has the hard finish. I let the ice melt. The fish wasn't so bad. And the coffee, always good.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk to you next week, but until then, see a movie. Not even next week in a couple days. Yeah. Um, you guys are getting spoiled. And we will